If you want more from Dee and her sister and partner in crime, Rhonda, check out Switchblade Sisters Social Club, a true crime podcast where two sisters exploit their worst fears for your entertainment. You're welcome. You're listening to We Knew the Moon with Dee Safier, an empath who started a podcast to explore the universe, spirituality, and all things with you woo-woo. Don't forget to check out the website, weknewthemoon.co.uk for all your I do what I want and the moon made me do it merch, whichever excuse you prefer to use for all of your life choices. Hi, my name is Dee and this is We Knew the Moon. As you may remember at the end of season two, Tracy had to take a little step back from We Knew the Moon because she wanted to focus on her shop. It's prettylondon.co.uk. Go and buy stuff. It's gorgeous. So today I'm joined by Michelle, and last time Michelle was with us, we talked about Satanism and the occult, and today Michelle's going to be telling me all about ghosts and spirits, and I'm so excited to hear about it. Hello, Michelle. Welcome. Oh, hi, Oh, gosh, it's lovely to be back. Michelle has been a dear friend of mine for a long time, and she is the founder of Soul Spirit. There's a lot of movement classes and dancing in the woods. So I'll put your details in the show notes for this episode as well, so people can check it out, especially if you're in the Twickenham area of the UK. I've been to a few of her workshops, and they are so fun and so liberating and invigorating that I just recommend them for everyone. Right, so welcome back, Michelle. I'm going to hand over to you so you can tell us all about Ghosts and Spirits. I'm really excited because Ghosts and Spirits have always been a real interest of mine. Through the years, I've known a little bit about the spiritual world, having trained in mediumship when I was much younger and I sat in the circle for a while. So, um, which was great because I really got to experience stuff that, um, you know, experience stuff with guidance that I wouldn't have experienced on my own. So it's, it's always been a fascination of mine. Now, ghosts and spirits. This is a very subjective subject because we can't know everything there is to know as it's a kind of one-way ticket, really, isn't it? I suppose we'll find out when we become a ghost. (laughs) We'll find out when we get there. And I have to admit, full disclaimer at the beginning of this topic, I don't know where I stand in terms of believing in ghosts and spirits. Yeah. Sometimes I believe in it and other times I don't. (laughs) I don't know what that means. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, I think a lot of people are, and unless you have an experience, a lot yeah. of people are like, well, I don't know, I don't know if I can believe. Exactly. And, you know, some of, some people believe on faith, like you would yeah. in religion, you know, and other people, like you say, have had experiences, and other people, like me, are a bit on the fence. I've not had any personal experiences. One thing I do feel a lot and I don't know how, and hopefully you can answer this for me, how much it comes under the category of ghosts and spirits, is that I feel like I feel energy a lot as an empath anyways. And I don't know whether that's just like some kind of residue energy or whether that's actually like some sort of spirity ghost thing I'm feeling. It's never felt like it's been an individual. I just feel like, like I walk into a room and I I get a vibe where this is a bad room. You know what I mean? Um, and spirits, it's, it's all about energy. That's what it is, really, essentially. It's energy. And I will, I will talk a little bit about this later, but I, I believe in something that I term as living spirit. So all of us have a soul, 
and the soul is what passes over goes on to pass into the light when we die so the soul survives and the soul becomes the spirit and so when you think about it we all have that soul when we're alive and then when we pass over it transmutes into spirit so for me we are connected to the spirit world because of our soul our right. soul and the spirit connect and whether it's conscious or unconscious i believe that there's a very strong connection there especially to our ancestors mm. um, but you know like i say we can't know everything especially things to do with the outer realms to do with spirit world to do with energy um but what we do know is that through mediums and sensitives throughout the years, there's been an awful lot of credible info. But unfortunately, there's been a lot of frauds in this area, which is going to be another topic, frauds in the spiritual world for sure. And the frauds are always, it's always a bit more exciting, isn't it, in terms of news and whatever. And they have yeah. given such a bad rap to yeah. this area of mediumship. Yeah. especially because they're seen as taking advantage of vulnerable people who are grieving these loved ones that have passed. Yeah. I would love to hear more about the credible info because this is something we need to focus a bit more on, I think, rather than the fraud like you get in yeah. every religion. I would say from personal experience and also from my early learning when I sat in circles that the rule of thumb when somebody works in a spiritual area, say like mediums, clairvoyants, when they charge a low fee, and I'm not saying you should charge so low that you can't live, but when you charge a reasonable amount and you're not sitting there ultimately watching the clock to see how long you've been reading to that person, that is generally a genuine medium. So yes. say you get, you know, very well known for, for giving great readings. You don't yes. think, ooh, I can up my prices. No. I can make millions off this. No, that's right. It, it you're still charging the, based on your needs. That's right. Because yeah. when you're looking at the difference between spiritual and material, they are two very different things, but they do have to, you have to draw the line between them and merge the line between them because we all have to live and there are people out there that have fantastic gifts and why shouldn't they earn a living doing what they do yeah, I absolutely sure. think they should there's always this fuzzy line between spiritual and material and so when you have say you look on yell.com I want to find a medium the best way, I would always say, is somebody that charges around 30, 40, 45 pounds for an hour. Somebody that charges above that for less time. I personally, I wouldn't go there. I'm not dissing anybody for that. Obviously, personal circumstances, etc. But to me and from my learning is 
that once you step over a certain boundary and you're charging very large amounts of money for very little time, that somebody that's in it more for the material gain than the spiritual assistance. It's a really controversial issue, isn't it? And it's another thing that, to be honest, my view changes at different times. But yeah, I I see what you're saying, that a true medium may not want to be exploiting their gifts in order to get rich over helping as many people as they can with it. Well, that's right. And the other train of thought as well is that it's a gift. It's something that we all have to a certain degree, but some people are more open to it and are given it or allowed to use it through the spiritual realm. And so, therefore, you shouldn't abuse something that's that's such a gift that's given. I also like to think of anything in the spiritual world, like any kind of reading, tarot, mediumship, whatever you might do as it is a gift but also it's a practice so like yeah. with any gift if you're musically inclined or whatever that doesn't mean that you sit at the piano and you can just play you might no. have been given the flair for it uh-huh. but you have to do it regularly to get better at it and to get really good at it you're not just born with it you also have to practice it what I think I'm saying is just because you're not you don't feel like you're good at it that doesn't mean you should give any any of these things up no, no, absolutely. Because you're not just born being awesome at it. All of these things you have to practice. You have to find what elements, what areas really interest you and you can tap into and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you are going for a tarot reading or going to see a medium and you're seeing them in person or on Zoom, use open body language. So uncross your legs, uncross your arms. Don't cross your legs over each other, keep your feet flat to the floor, in touch with the ground. Don't cross your arms across your body because you will block the energy force. So that's mm. a good tip for anybody I never that's going. That. Yeah. It's that's and it's so easy to do because when we're going to see somebody that we don't know, we are naturally defensive. So in order to make ourselves feel comfortable, we we do cross our body. And presumably, if you're going for a reading, yeah, you're in a bit of a vulnerable state. You're probably going because yeah. you want answers to do with some dilemma you're having or you're grieving. So you're in a vulnerable state. So you're you're going to feel the urge to close up physically, aren't you? Exactly. But it's so interesting. It makes sense because as an empath, one of my tricks that I learned that really helps is to sort of physically close off a bit and that helps you keeps a bit of a barrier so turning slightly to the side or crossing your legs or your arms in front of you to physically block some of that energy so it makes sense that in this kind of situation it also blocks energy and stops things coming in but at a time where you want it to that's right if your energy field is open then the medium is going to be able to read for you a lot easier than if you block them I watch an awful lot of TV shows on the paranormal because I find it absolutely fascinating. And there's an awful lot of tech that has been made by 
Electromagnetic readers. They always use them yeah. on most haunted, huh? Yeah. And cameras uh, to take pictures of the orbs. <laughs> oh, I mean, absolutely brilliant. But, you know, like on Ghost Adventures, which is probably one of my favorite shows of all time, they actually have a technician that makes stuff for them. So it's kind of bespoke ghost tech. I mean, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating that anyway, I digress. I think all of that goes some way to helping people who can't get their head around it to actually look at it and go, oh, wow, that's amazing. You Remember know? in the last episode when we were talking about the occult, and yeah. we're talking about how you have the scientific world and the yeah. religious world, and then yeah. everything else kind of went into this basket called occult, right? Yes, yes. And we said that we think that things kind of move around between these different realms, right? As we learn more about the occult in quotation marks, they might move over into the science. So I think that's what they're trying to do, basically. Yeah. Move stuff yeah. from this occult label to being more scientific and proving things a bit more science. And I always say that's like my sweet spot. I love when science and magic combine. Yeah. Well, it's alchemy, isn't it? Yeah. It's another form of alchemy. It's amazing. But also what maybe a lot of people don't know is that there is a difference between ghosts and spirits. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, which is very interesting. So ghosts are earthbound spirits. They are unable or unwilling to move on. So a lot of the time, if somebody dies in a violent or sudden manner, they become earthbound. They haven't had the opportunity to prepare for their death. They get shot out of their body so quickly that a lot of a lot of them don't realise they're actually dead and can oh stay earthbound for years and years. And because spirits ghosts don't have any idea of space and time. It can be centuries, and to them it's like five minutes. They have no concept of time. Are they more likely to be tied to a specific location, or can they kind of travel? Yes. So ghosts tend to be stuck in one location. Is it normally where they die, or is it just somewhere where they associate? It's either where they die, or what it can be is if, say, they're very attached to their home, they don't want to leave their home or they feel that they've got unfinished business, like a mother dying and leaving her children. They normally have a reason to be in a certain place. They feel that they need to stick around. How do they move on then? One of the best ways is through mediumship. They can't do it by themselves, generally, because they get so stuck and they don't have the wherewithal. So generally what happens is maybe you have a haunting in your house and you're you're not sure what, what's happening. So you call in a medium, a medium talks to the ghost, finds out the situation and helps them, guides them to the light. And then they can cross over into spirit. Right. Okay. So spirit's not earthbound, but they can come to visit us on earth? Yes, yes. Spirits are not earthbound and they can move at will. 
so they can move around from dimension to dimension. Tracy's entity in her shop. In She's her got shop. a witch entity, Meredith. That's her. Also yeah. goes home with her. Uh-huh. That's probably a spirit. I would say that's more of a spirit. But there's there's a lot of things Meredith could be. She could be a guide, a spirit guide that comes mm. in to help. Now, spirit guides are kind of like archangels. Spirit guides are normally in tune with humans who are more connected to the spiritual plane or have special abilities. So forms might vary, but they generally link on a particular person who they protect and guide. So I think the rule of thumb is that spirit guides generally come from the spiritual realm, but they're not humans that have passed over. I don't hold to that. I think that spirit guides can be people a bit like ascended masters who were once human many, many moons ago, many centuries ago. And so they come in to protect the guide to help. And so they could definitely follow wherever Tracy was going because they would follow her energy. Oh, okay. So it's Tracy's spirit guide. It's more than likely it could be definitely a spirit guide. Now, when I was sitting in circle many years ago, I had a spirit guide called Silver Bell. And Silver Bell was an actual person. And she was... A stripper? (laughs) (laughs) With that name? Can you just describe to me what sitting in circle means? Okay, so sitting in circle... I joined a development circle where I was mentored, for want of a better word, to channel spirit, to train as a medium. Right. The reason that they call it a circle is that we all have auras. And so when we sit in a circle and do this kind of work, our auras join and create a circle of protective light. Oh, uh, around lovely. the circle. Um, so that's done because, as I've spoken about energy, a lot of spirits are energies, and you have troubled spirits that some people call demons, some people call bad entities, whatever. Well, by your description of ghosts, it sounds like the majority of ghosts are troubled to some extent. Yeah, I mean, there are are definitely troubled ghosts, but there are definitely uh, energies that may not have been living beings. But that's another subject. But in order to keep lost, I mean, lost spirits can be troublesome as well because Mm. of the way that they die. And so in order to keep the circle and the people within the circle protected, you have like a circle of light. And I presume we talked in the last episode quite a bit about how people can be shit. And no matter what yeah. religion or background or belief or whatever, yeah. there's always shit people within those different groups. Yeah. So I presume if you're an asshole in life, you're going to be a fucking asshole ghost or an asshole spirit, right? It follows more 
in ghosts and people that are earthbound than it does if you're spirit. So if you pass through the spiritual realm, you generally leave any kind of earthly wants, needs, prejudices. You leave them with your earthly body. Right, and you must so, achieve some kind of spiritual, yes. if not enlightenment, then progression where you progression. can leave some of your pettiness behind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's about the spirit, and you've heard the phrase pure purity of spirit, and that's basically it, is that your soul is pure, and so when your soul leaves your body and then it goes through the spiritual realm, it does go through several stages. It goes through a resting phase. So say somebody dies of a, a terminal illness and they pass the spirit. They have a time where their, their spirit is resting. So it's about the spirit rebuilding and regenerating before it goes on to the next level. And I believe that there are several stages that a spirit goes through so with spirits generally speaking spirits are positive rather than negative okay. you can have troublesome ghosts nine times out of ten ghosts themselves aren't negative it could be that if somebody's very very angry in life and then they die could become a poltergeist. Ghosts can be disruptive, but generally speaking, ghosts are disruptive because they are wanting to be heard. So you hear a lot of hauntings where people are having stuff moved or thrown or knocked off shelves or things going missing. And what's happening there is that the ghost is saying, look, I'm here. They're doing stuff to make themselves known. So if you have a haunting, all you really need to do is say, okay, I hear you. I know you're here. Please can you put that item back? <laughs> and generally, that is enough for them to feel welcomed. Do you think that's okay to do on your own? Is there anything you should watch out for? Is there any dangers? Or is it better, you know, especially if it's like a troubled ghost to get a medium in to do this kind of stuff for you? It very much depends on the haunting. If it's just small things and tricksy things, then I would say you're quite able to communicate with that spirit yourself. And by communicate... I mean, just say, look, stop moving my stuff. I hear you, okay? I know you're here. You're welcome. A lot of the time this happens when, say, somebody dies in a property and new people move in and they start redecorating and they start changing stuff around and the spirit who hasn't left the property what are they doing to my house? Mm. What are they doing? I don't like this. Oh, my God. And they get really upset, and so they start being tricksy. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, as long as it's nothing violent, you are quite able yourself to say, I hear you. 
I know that you're here. I'm sorry if we're upsetting you. You're very, very welcome to stay in our house. If you want to stay here, you're very, very welcome to stay and know that I hear you. And that should quiet the activity. If it doesn't, and it's more towards poltergeist activity, throwing things, and you're feeling threatened by it, then you need to call somebody to communicate with it. Now, I'm going to ask the question that we're all thinking. When your cat or your dog just stares into space, are they looking at a ghost? Yes, quite possibly. Obviously, I, I can't I can't say cat or dog or hamster is daydreaming. But yes, definitely. Dogs, cats, animals, they sense things. More than us, right? Much more. They have, have a much higher sense of smell, for starters. So if you can imagine that their sense of smell is, what, 10, 20 times higher than ours, then their senses, all of their senses, will be that much higher. And they don't have their mind telling them, no, ghosts don't exist. You know, they don't, they're not trying no. to, like, rationalize away things. No. They're just more intuitive with their senses than, you know, trying to logic things away. Now, residual hauntings are very interesting. And this energy. Yeah. And something that's called stone tape theory. (gasps) What is that? Well, what it is, is the people believe that residual energy and what some people term as ghosts is like a playback of a video or a sound recording. So what you're actually doing is you're tapping into something that happened years ago and it's a playback. Right. So like that woman walking down that hallway because that woman walked down that hallway many times before. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And Stone Tape Theory goes along the same lines and that is that because people hold energy when say somebody is stabbed to death in their house the house the stone or the bricks and the mortar absorb that energy and so many many years later something might activate that memory and that's when you get a residual haunting another interesting Thing with stone tape theory is that energy can also be absorbed by items. Ooh. It doesn't necessarily have to be old. So is this when mediums can do readings and they ask you to bring something along personal? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's what yeah. that's, that's, that's called psychometry when they can hold an object and they can feel the energy, especially strong and interesting when it's a piece of jewellery or an item that's been passed down from generation to generation. So it will have an imprint of the people who wore it through the years. If you have, say, a ring that was passed down from three centuries, Imagine all the people that had that yeah. ring and wore that ring 
you will have an imprint of all of them. And when you give that to a medium, they will be able to pick up certain aspects, maybe, of, of all of those people or the strongest. Medium, I'd love to give a shout out to my friend, if that's okay. Yeah. I have a, a medium that I go to see quite regularly called Glenn Miles. He's Twickenham based and he is fabulous. He's really good. He's very genuine and he's very accurate. I mean, super accurate. We'll put his details uh, in the show notes if anyone's interested. Yeah. Do you know if he does online? He does. Reading? He Great. does. So. He's not expensive. So there's ectoplasm, which a lot of people will know about as the... Ghostbusters. Yes, yeah, sticky, sticky substance that appears. And ectoplasm is really fascinating. Described as a thick sticky, white, grey, or even black substance. I mean, now, it sounds fascinating, but also completely disgusting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it generally, it manifests or is created via a medium. So normally, I think a medium is the catalyst. Exoplasm generally is a substance that shows up a, a spirit a ghost can create some kind of human-like form. So it's, it's, it's trying to manifest itself physically. Yeah, it's trying to manifest itself physically. But and even the shittest humans don't look like slime. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't actually look like slime. But I watched a very interesting Netflix documentary and I can't for the life of me remember what it was now but they showed something now what was it I can't remember but it was almost like a plaster of ectoplasm now if I'm memory I've probably got this completely wrong so forgive me but I know that somewhere there was a cast of the ectoplasm and the actual cast was like a fist open mm. hand that was it and I looked at it because I've done casting, a bit of casting, and I thought, well, how would the hand have been able to go in and come out so quickly whilst it's set around the hand and come out without splitting the mould? Because if you're thinking about it, the way the hand was, you couldn't have pulled the hand out right. that quickly and not wreck the mould. Yeah, yeah. Am I yeah. a bit blown by this ectoplasm? So ectoplasm is quite fascinating. Now, another fascinating thing is funnel ghost. Oh, funnel ghost? Funnel ghost. So, like a funnel cake. <laughs> yeah, it's so described because it shows itself as like the Tasmanian devil like a whirlwind yeah so it kind of manifests itself like that funnel ghosts are seen in historic buildings or historical sites and there's always a drop in temperature when it's a funnel ghost but actually normally when there is a spirit there is always a drop in temperature right, yeah you hear that don't you yeah regularly yeah so funnel ghosts 
ghosts are probably older ghosts. They are probably older ghosts, but they can be also loved ones. So why are they like whirlwinds? <laughs> I would imagine that it probably goes along the same lines as that exoplasm. Okay, gotcha. They're it, trying to manifest it, themselves. Yeah. They just can't do it properly. Yeah. I've not known about funnel ghosts actually before. That's something that I did actually have to Google. What is more known are orbs. That's that. what I remember from Most Haunted. They're always talking about the fucking orbs. The orbs yes. everywhere. Look at the, the orbs. orbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Orbs are generally seen by technical equipment like video cameras, cameras in general. And they tend to appear as transparent circle and they can be blue or white mm-hmm. they are a, a spirit of a loved one either human or animal and they are also free moving so they are more likely to be spirits than they are ghosts although right. orbs have been known to be ghosts orbs are normally the first stage shape before they take on a human form oh so are they like trying to learn how to manifest themselves it's more about they're trying to gain energy because a lot of the time when you watch these paranormal shows, they will bring batteries for their equipment. And within like a matter of seconds, the batteries will just drain. Like for no apparent reason, the battery will just like drain out. And spirit ghosts are energies that they need energy to be able to communicate. So a lot of the time, you'll find that the drop in temperature is to do with the sapping of energy. Ooh, the heat energy uh, in the room? The heat, yeah. That's right. right. Um, so that they're gaining the energy to be able to manifest, either to speak or to actually show themselves. I have a few ideas on demons and negative entities, negative spirits. Most non-believers can't get their head around a demon because I think they're looking at it from the point of view of, oh, it's this man with horns and hooves. I think that unlike spirits and ghosts, demons, I don't think, have a human form because they've never been human. Right. So I would term them as shapeshifters. Right, okay. So they are able to manifest into maybe a form to look like something to give some kind of physical shape they can harm people they can hurt people i think also staying away from things like ouija boards ouija boards are a definite no-no unless you're completely knowledgeable and trained in spiritual matters, do not go near a Ouija mm-hmm. board because you know what you're messing with. People sort of liken mediums to using a Ouija board, and actually, there's a vast difference to my mind between the two. They don't call upon the spirit, they talk to their spirit guides, which is a different thing entirely because they're in communication with them. What they do is they act like a telephone line so they sit by their telephone exchange and they wait 
for spirits to come through if spirits want to come through. What a Ouija board does is it effectively goes up to the spirit world and bangs on the door and says, I demand you come out. It's a little so, bit rude, isn't it? It, it's rude, but it's disrespectful, and nine times out of ten, what you will get is you will get angry spirits that respond. And not necessarily the ones that you wanted to communicate with. Exactly. And once you open that door, you're inviting trouble, really. Mm-hmm. So the message to that one is stay away from Ouija boards. Tarot cards are fine. Tarot cards, you know, people have had this misconception about tarot cards being evil and in the same way as spirit boards, Ouija boards, but they're not. They're really not. Well, that goes back to the lumping of everything in this one basket of the occult, which is clearly Satanism and witchcraft and everything is all one thing and bad, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But also the other thing I will say about demons is that demons can often masquerade as ghosts and spirits. Cheeky little fuckers. Cheeky little fuckers. I would say the most common one is when, say, a homeowner hears a child crying or sees a child, but actually not a child. It's it's actually a demonic spirit that um, shapeshifting. I mean, that's what children are anyways, aren't they? Demonic spirits. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a demon any day. Yeah. I'm joking, demons um, don't fucking come for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, another interesting thing that I think a lot of people are au okay with, and that is that spirits can appear as animals and objects. Butterflies and dragonflies are the most common that people see, and it's widely believed, and this is something that I believe myself, that it's loved ones especially if they've only just passed over it's Mm. loved ones coming back trying to communicate i've heard that dragonflies are a loved one that's passed trying to give you a message yes it does vary greatly because it depends on the person that's passed as well so if the person that has passed over was a bird lover and then their loved one suddenly see the rarest of birds that they've been looking for for years and years and years and then suddenly their loved one passes over and they see that bird then again that's an indication like if your loved one hates butterflies (laughs) (laughs) then it probably won't be a butterfly or it could be a butterfly if they've got a wacky sense of humor (laughs) or if they fucking hate you Exactly. <laughs> if you were to come back as an animal to send messages to your loved ones, just so I know in case, what animal should I look out for? Black cat? A cat, definitely, but I think a fox. All right, okay. The fox is my spirit animal. I have a great affinity with foxes. I mean, I have a huge affinity with cats and my, my babies, but As a spirit animal, I have this huge affinity with foxes. Right. So we live in an area that's got fuck ton of foxes. So (laughs) (laughs) sadly, when the day comes, I I will just be inundated with foxes as I am every day. But I'll make sure to say hello to every one of them. 
So that's it in a nutshell. I mean, there are so many aspects to ghosts and spirits and the spiritual realm, and we could probably oh, we could talk, talk about forever. This the cows came home. Yeah. Well, I so thought that was so interesting. I definitely learned a lot, and it makes a bit more sense to me. I definitely know now the difference between spirits and ghosts, which is awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for that, Michelle. We've already touched on a whole bunch of subjects in our two episodes together that we need to get you back to cover again. So I'm sure we'll see you again on We Knew the Moon. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed myself. And, you know, it's always lovely speaking to you, Dee. So. Well, make sure you catch the next episode, everyone. Loads of information in the show notes, how to contact Michelle and her medium, Glenn, and a bunch of other stuff we talked about. So see you next time. Bye. Bye. If you want lots more fun, moon info, and all things spiritual, plus our merch shop, please visit our website, weknewthemoon.co.uk. And if you want even more, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash weknewthemoon, and check out some of our bonus content. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at we.new.the.moon, and we're also on Twitter at weknewthemoon1. See you next time. Thank you.